We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's going on packer fans happy tuesday welcome into another episode of the pack a day podcast i'm your host andy herman you can follow me on twitter at andy herman nfl we are aggressively approaching packers lions the fourth game of the regular season already, which just seems insane. It's always crazy how fast the season goes. But uh, before you know it, hopefully the Packers are 3-1 and one on top of the NFC North. But this has been a really fun and exciting season so far that's had two fourth quarter crazy games and really nice fun beatdown of the Chicago Bears on week one. And there is a lot of season left that is going to define this young Packers team. Of course, every single week, I'm going to break down the film, go through all my grades. If you want to check out every single grade throughout the course of the season, and I've been doing this since 2017 now, you can go over to PackerReport.com. Grades will be posted as of noon on Tuesday. You can see all the grades for the season uh, as well as for this week. So check that out. For those of you who are watching on the YouTube channel and are interested in becoming a Packaday podcast member, what are you waiting for? We got extra episode every single week that is for members only, a members only chat on Thursdays. Want to shout out our Hall of Fame and All Pro members, Most Hated Minnesotan, PJ Wynn, John Wild, Shea Broadad, Arnaldo Espinoza, Jennifer Wright, and Boom Handle. Appreciate you guys a ton. If you can't, uh, you know, afford or, you know, maybe just don't want to become a member, that's totally fine. Just easily hit that subscribe button. It costs you nothing. It's super easy and it certainly helps out the channel. But either way, Appreciate you guys being here. Let's jump into our episode right away. Let's start with our top graded offensive players for this week. We have three players that we'll go through always every week in the videos here. Jordan Love plus 0.95, Romeo Dobbs plus 0.65, and Rashid Walker plus 0.6. Let's break down all three of those. Now, if you're wondering how the grading scale works, you can head over to PackerReport.com as well and see it in that grades article. Jordan Love plus 0.95. I want to start by saying... I had Jordan Love with a negative grade uh, at one point. It was either late third or early fourth quarter um, as the you know game was 17-0 Saints and things weren't really going well for Green Bay. I, I thought it was a pretty uneven performance for Jordan through three quarters. He once again had some plays where some of his best throws were not completed or pass interferences or those sort of things. So you did have some plays that didn't show up in the box score. 
but you also saw some of just the inconsistency. Yes, we've we've seen the Luke Musgrave play to death. You saw it live. We know it was a miss. Could have Luke Musgrave maybe ran it a little bit differently? He could have. Do I think it was still a miss, even if he ran it the exact way that Jordan Love was expecting? I do. Those are the layups that Jordan Love has to hit. And that's been the one big thing from training camp to family night to preseason through three weeks of regular season football now is, you know, we can compare the good or bad with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. And like, that's just going to naturally happen. I don't think we need to compare everything to like, oh, is it Aaron Rodgers or is it Brett Favre or whatever? But like the one thing when when Aaron, especially in his prime, when, when he had those open passes, you just never saw him miss. And so it, there is going to be a little bit of a, a learning curve and a little bit of a change for Packer fans who see an open receiver down the field and just think like that's automatically going to be completed. You're just sort of conditioned to seeing one of the more accurate throwers in the history of football and Aaron Rodgers hit those throws over and over and over and over again with not really missing many in between. But for Jordan, that's not an excuse just because he's not Aaron Rodgers or a former Hall of Fame quarterback. It doesn't mean that you can't make your layups. And Matt LaFleur has done a tremendous job through three weeks this season, finding ways to get wide receivers wide open, wide, wide open. And those are the ones you have to hit. And we've seen Jordan hit a a fair share of them as well. We've seen his receivers not come down with some of them. So it just, it's, it's everything. It needs to be better ball placement, better footwork, better accuracy, better, you know, contested catches from his wide receivers, a little bit more attention to detail by his receivers and tight ends, making sure they're hitting their landmarks and getting to the spot that Jordan Love's expecting them to. And it's just a little bit of rhythm and timing. And also remember a couple things, no Christian Watson out there. So that bumps everyone up. I don't think Samore Toure or Malik Heath even really see the field if Christian Watson is healthy. So every play that goes to them, if you're if your wide receivers are 100% healthy, I don't even think they're out there. I think that's probably a Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Dontavian Wicks, or Jaden Reed instead. I think those are going to be your four primary targets when everyone's healthy. I think the other thing is to remember that Jordan Love is a first-time starter. Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, Samore Toure in their second seasons, and everyone else is rookies. So it's going to take some time to get that rhythm and timing down. That is not something that just happens overnight. It takes time to get acclimated. And you can see the one that he has the best rhythm and timing with is who? Romeo Dobbs, who he's been working with for a very long time. And those two are just a little bit more in tune and on the same page. That will come with Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks and Christian Watson and Luke Musgrave and the rest of the weapons on offense. It's just going to take a little bit more time. So I don't think we need to jump to any massive conclusions as of yet, but still, Jordan Love needs to make his layups. He didn't do a, a you know good enough job of that throughout this game. Now, there were some other plays, especially late in the fourth quarter, and, and you know when they were making the 18 point comeback, where I thought Jordan Love was phenomenal. And at the end of the day, it's far more important what you do with the game on the line in the fourth quarter in the clutch than it is throughout the rest. It's far more often how you finish. It's not how you start. And I thought Jordan Love made up for, and then some, his uneven play through the first three and a half quarters with his play at the end of the fourth quarter and really kind of putting this team on his back and saying, I got this. From the big 24-ish yard run and scramble that he made, uh, you know, to, to get outside of the pocket, get upfield, you know, stay in bounds and get extra yardage to his making to Mario Davis. That's a fourth down play. That is a fourth down play where Demario Davis, one of the best linebackers in football, has him dead to rights. And I know if you watch the QB school, he's like, that's that's asking a lot from a linebacker. I don't know. I'm, just my opinion, personally, if I'm the Saints, I don't mind that. 
If I got Demario Davis one-on-one with Jordan Love in the hole, I'm going to take that more often than not and feel like Demario Davis is going to get the job done. Jordan Love does a tremendous job of making Davis miss, selling hard right, cutting left, and getting into the end zone. Thought that was a great play by Jordan. Followed it up with probably his best play of the day, the two-point conversion. That is messed up from the onset. Jaden Reed, like the ball, the snap almost hits Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed's supposed to be far down the other side to get that quick little, um, you know, like action where you're you're taking the jet motion and then going quickly in reverse and trying to hit him in the flat. He's supposed to be way out there. And instead, he's like behind center. And Packers are so lucky that that ball did not hit him on the leg or anything that could have caused a catastrophic fumble. Even still, the play is completely messed up beyond belief at that point. And then Jordan Love is just doing his best to ad lib and buy time. And his, I don't know how he gets back to Samori Toure on that play. He like checks him, doesn't see him open, scrambles right. And then with like almost not even looking, he looks at like the end just to see, but he doesn't know if he's going to be open or not, I don't think. But just has faith in Toure that he worked his way open and he just rifles one to Toure across his body. A phenomenal play there. You have the drop in the bucket to Romeo Dobbs down the sideline which was a great, great throw. You had the throw to Jaden Reed, where Reed made the diving catch down the field. You had the game-winning touchdown throw to Romeo Dobbs. And the way my grading scale is set up is the catastrophics, the big interception, which we saw in this game, but like that wasn't in a massively key moment and it basically served as a punt. So it was a bad grade, but it wasn't a huge, huge, massive grade, a negative grade. Like you're going to get downgraded massive for your catastrophics and you're going to get upgraded for your big, you know, big time, if we want to call them hero moments or clutch moments, whatever we want to call them, you're going to get a lot more value on those plays. And Jordan Love in the fourth quarter had a lot of big time value plays that were a huge reason why Green Bay was able to come back and win the game. And without some of those massive plays and some of his really gorgeous throws, Green Bay doesn't win. So he got a lot of uh, extra credit, if you will, for some of the plays that he made in the clutch in the fourth quarter in huge moments. And overall, he ended up with a very positive grade in this game. Now, we can have the conversation, and this is why it's it's always going to be difficult to you know put a, a performance into a number. It's a it's always a fool's errand to try to do. I'm doing absolutely everything I can to make it the best as it can possibly be, but there's so much nuance that goes into it. Yeah, he missed some throws in the fourth quarter too, but he consistently made up for him. They're also asking him to make a lot of downfield throws, which are going to have inherently a little bit more, you know, um, you know, room for error with it. So you have to sort of calculate that in as well. I mean, at the end of the day, I just love what he did in the fourth quarter to go out and find a way to win the game. And as a young quarterback who's still battling through everything on a day when all eyes were on him. He's cover the game day program, team captain, last one out of the tunnel, first time announced as the starter at quarterback for the Green Bay Packers at home, fourth start ever in the NFL, down 17, nothing, nothing going your way, completely disjointed offense, can't run the football. You're missing Christian Watson, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Aaron Jones, a ton of players on defense. And you just kind of say, screw it, we're going to win anyway. I I, I said it post game, I tweeted it out mid game or right, right after the game, excuse me. This was a coming of age moment for Jordan Love. And I think there is a ton of positive to take away. And like I said, it graded as a, a positive for me in my book on the day. Next up is Romeo Dobbs. You know, we saw the big plays. We saw, you know, first of all, watch him against Marshawn Lattimore on the play where he shakes Lattimore and comes on a crossing route and Love kind of sidearms it. 
his release or his uh, ability to gain separation off of Marshawn Lattimore on that play, super impressive. His toe drag, fingertip, sideline catch that he also had, you know, gained pass interference on that play, super impressive. He got a corner on one play to make illegal contact and pass interference with him. He he got two penalties on one corner on one play on the second drive as they were going down to to get points in their first touchdown of the game. And then you had uh, the game-winning touchdown, basically, it, you know, where he goes up and, and makes the big-time catch. A couple plays too, where you know, he I thought he had opportunities to maybe make some contested catches and couldn't come down with it. But overall, another really impressive performance from Romeo Dobbs. And then Rashid Walker, one of my lowest-graded players last week. I mentioned a couple things. One. In, against Atlanta, uh, the majority of Rashid Walker's mistakes were made in the first quarter in that game. Missed a blitz pickup, gave up a couple other pressures, and just kind of had some bad blocking early in that game, and then settled down as the game went on. That's his first ever start in the NFL, and I think, you know, we get so caught up. We we sometimes are easy to like forget the human emotion that goes into that. Just as I'm sure Jordan had a little extra pressure on him in in you know his first start at Lambeau Field in the regular season, and really his first significant playing time at Lambeau Field, like. I'm sure that played a factor in maybe some of the things that, you know, Jordan was doing early in this game. And the same thing, Rasheed Walker, first time start in the NFL. He's a second year player and he's on the road in a tough stadium to play in, especially from a noise standpoint for an offensive lineman. Like that, there's a lot that goes into that, but the majority of his mistakes were in the first quarter against Atlanta. And I thought he settled down for the rest of the game. Not great, but enough to give me confidence that he was going to be you know, okay to good moving forward. And he had a really big bounce back week. My highest graded offensive lineman, my third highest graded player on offense. And I thought he did just a really nice day or nice job throughout the day. Okay. In run blocking, run blocking is a nightmare as a whole throughout this offense right now. But I thought overall he was okay in run blocking and had a really nice day in pass protection. So impressive day for Rashid Walker. And hopefully that that uh, gives him the confidence that he needs moving forward. They're probably going to need him a decent amount this season, the way things are trending for David Bakhtiari. So they're going to need him to play good football. He did against the Saints, and it was a really promising performance from him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So you guys really need to make Little Caesars, which is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day routine. Pizza is the ultimate game day food. There is no question about it. If there's one thing that rivals my love for the Green Bay Packers and my love of football, it's my love of pizza. And right now you can actually order online during their pizza pizza pregame. It's one hour before NFL games and you can get ready for football, fun, choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza, pick the toppings that you crave. Me, this is going to sound weird. I know because you know uh, my pickiness with food. 
I love mushroom and onion. That is my absolute favorite pizza. I know it's probably not everyone else's. And of course, you know you love my food takes, but I love mushroom and onion pizza. I love it from Little Caesars. Either way, you win. And speaking of winning, everyone's going to score with convenient delivery. They also have their in-store pizza portal. So you can pick up, you can grab some friends, enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before kickoff. Trust me, you're going to love it. And, And if I have to recommend one thing for sure, have to get the crazy bread. The crazy bread is an absolute must. Enjoy it. Enjoy your game day and enjoy it more with Little Caesars. Fellas, are you running into some stubble trouble? Are you dreaming of that clean shaven look, but hate going through the hassle of a wet shave every other day? I know you are. That's why we've partnered with Manscaped. The brand for below the waist is coming to save that beautiful face. Yes, sir. Manscaped now has beard products and is going a step further with the launch of their brand new handyman electric face shaver. It's designed to give your face that smooth and chiseled finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Make sure to join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Head over to manscaped.com and use code PACKADAY for 20% off and free shipping. You may have noticed my recently cleanly shaved face over on the YouTube channel and that perfect shave was brought to you by Manscaped's Handyman. The best part is I was able to get the exact shave I wanted without any of the usual mess of traditional shavers. I've also used their signature Beard Hedger, which is a juggernaut of fixing faces. You can trim your beard to 20 different lengths all in one guard. So using this thing is amazing and basically it's perfect. No matter what tool you use, you can't go wrong with Manscaped's line of products. Right now you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code packaday at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code packaday. That's P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y, no hyphens. Hit that refresh button with the handyman. It's finally football season, which means It's also finally daily fantasy football season. And while I get excited to play daily fantasy every year around this time, I'm even more excited this year because I'll be using prize picks for all my daily fantasy selections. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Even better, they offer ultra quick withdrawals to make all your transactions super fast and easy. Also keep an eye out for weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. My favorite, Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, prize picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Before football season ramps up, I've been using prize picks for my MLB and college football picks as I prep for a season of winning in daily fantasy football. The experience has been amazing, and it's increased my daily enjoyment of watching Brewers and Badger games. Now, it's time to get some Jordan Love entries in prior to this weekend's game. The great thing for me is that they offer Apple Pay, which makes depositing money into my account so incredibly easy. So what are you waiting for? Join me on Prize Picks by going to prizepickscom packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepickscom packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. And on the opposite side, my three lowest graded players, John Running Jr. was my lowest and with negative 1.2, followed by Royce Newman, negative 1.05, and A.J. Dillon, negative 0.7. So let's talk about Runyon and, and Newman first. Newman was more pass pro related and Runyon was more run blocking related. Both of them got beat on multiple occasions. The run blocking inside, not good and could not get any movement whatsoever. And the Saints defensive tackles are really strong and stout at the point of attack, but it, it showed up the, the disparity in this game. And then I thought both of them just, you know, had lapses in pass protection, specifically more on the Royce Newman side of things. I know everyone watched the game and saw Jordan Love throwing the ball all around the yard and had time on multiple occasions. There were some things that were covered up by, especially on Royce Newman's standpoint from a pass pro, uh, you know, side of things. 
they use Josh Myers, as, you know, to kind of help out Newman from time to time. I also thought that Jordan Love did a great job of really navigating the pocket when he needed to. And he also did a great job of getting rid of the ball on some of those quick plays on, on plays where Royce and, and sometimes John Runyon Jr. did get beat as well. So I didn't think it was a great day on the interior for the offensive line, specifically with Runyon and, and, um, and Newman. And those guys are going to have to play better, especially John Runyon Jr. Like, it's frustrating because we know the player that running can be, and he just has games like this from time to time. You just want to see him put everything together and be a bit more consistent. This is a big time contract year for him. I really had high hopes that this was going to be his best year as a pro. It hasn't been so far. And I really want to see better for him because I really think he can be a good player. I said earlier this this offseason, I think it was, that I think there's Pro Bowl potential with John Runyon Jr. He just has to be a bit more consistent. And unfortunately, now going into year four, we haven't seen that from him. I was hopeful it was going to happen in the contract year. It hasn't yet. And I just, like I said, I need to see a better version of John Runyon Jr. than what we've seen in 2023 so far. And then AJ Dillon, the run blocking has been atrocious. So we can caveat that to death. But the yards per carry through three games now for Dylan is also atrocious. And part of that is the blocking, but part of that is vision and confidence. AJ Dylan has neither right now. This is like one of those times where if you have like a NFL G League team or a minor league team or whatever you want to call it, that you would love to send AJ Dylan down against like a worse you know, brand of football, like a worse team, just to like, let him gain some confidence, like let him go play in the XFL for a couple of weeks and just run some people over to start gaining confidence again, like go down to AAA and start, you know, mashing home runs. Uh, so you start getting your confidence back. Like AJ Dillon just needs a confidence booster right now. And, you know, he's not seen the hole very well. He's, you know, not getting any sort of explosive runs, which is one of his own personal goals going into the season. And it, as I've said for the past couple of weeks, it's getting harder and harder to figure out situations in which you want AJ Dillon on the field. It hasn't been short yardage, third down situations. Patrick Taylor has been better. AJ Dillon had a really bad rep in pass pro this week. The the pressure off the edge from Alante Taylor, where they got the sack on the play, that's on Dillon. I, I can't say a million percent for sure, but that would be my guess because you watch and Dillon's the back watching for blitzes. And they didn't slide protection a certain way. So he's got, he reads it up front. Not only does he read it up front incorrectly, but then he goes and runs into his own man and then gets like basically trampled over. Uh, but then the, the corner comes off the edge completely untouched on Jordan Love. That can't happen. And when you've got a back in to protect, that's 99.9% of the time his assignment. So Patrick Taylor, better in third down. We saw Patrick Taylor and in, in blitz pickup, we saw Patrick Taylor make a couple of really nice catches and actually make a move after the catch and, and make somebody miss and gain some extra yardage, which Dylan did have the nice screenplay where he broke a tackle and got a big first down on third and 10. So you give him his props there. But overall, it's been a really tough season for Dylan. And you know, I always feel like you're just picking on Dylan and it's just the run blocking. Guys, I had really great grades on AJ Dylan for the past three seasons. It's the same grading scale. And if the blocking isn't there and he doesn't get anything, that's not on Dylan. I don't downgrade Dylan because he had a negative loss if there's a guy in his lap as soon as it happens. I'm downgrading him for his responsibility, for his portion of the play. And so far through three games, it has not been good enough. It's been a very negative grade. So he needs to be better. And there's just no two ways about that. And they, Green Bay starting to experiment more, especially with Patrick Taylor and just getting more touches for some of the other running backs. We'll see what that means when Jones is back, but tough start to the season for Dylan. Some honorable mentions on offense this week. Josh Myers, an even grade. Nothing to write home about here, good, bad, or ugly. But I just want to say through the past two games, he had a positive grade in week two, slight positive, an even neutral grade in week three. 
the, the last two weeks have been much better for Josh Myers. And we've seen a starting caliber center for the past two weeks, which it may not seem super sexy, but that's a big step. If he can play well at center at that level, neutral to slightly positive level football, that's going to be a big step for him and a big step for this offense. Josiah DeGuara, negative 0.5 grade. I am done with the Josiah DeGuara experience. He's bringing nothing to the table. He's not a dynamic playmaker. He's not a great pass catcher. He's not a good blocker. They're, he's bringing nothing to the table. Try something else. Bring up Henry Pearson if you want to. Just go more tight end sets. Bring in another offensive lineman. I do not care. Just go wide. Go five wides. I don't care. If Josiah DeGuara is in the game, it's, it's just not working and it hasn't worked. So... My opinion, time to move on, go in a different direction. I don't, there's nothing that I'm seeing at this point that Josiah DeGuara is bringing to the table. The The second and third round pick from, from 2020, Dylan and DeGuara, really tough start to the year so far. Luke Musgrave on the flip side, plus 0.5 grade, consistently getting open. Uh, and I, th- I think he's doing a much better job as a run blocker, as we've talked about, than I ever expected him to, to do at this at this point of uh, his career. So nice start of the year for him. And then Dontavian Wicks plus 0.55 grade. He had a really nice day as well. He looks like the real deal. Go listen to the episode with Justice Mosqueda and I as we break it down a little bit further, but he has been impressive and he is getting a lot of opportunity. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Really nice start to the season for him. On defense, no surprise, Rashawn Gary, my highest graded defensive player, plus 0.85 grade. He is doing a really nice job, obviously getting to the quarterback and making some impact plays and limited playing time. Knocks Derek Carr out of the game. Obviously, you don't want to see that. You never want to see a guy get hurt, but that's the sort of impact that you have. Like, I'm sorry, but your job as a edge rusher slash pass rusher is to hit the quarterback hard. It's just, that's the nature of the NFL. And like I said, I never want to see a player hurt. I wish Derek Carr would have got back up and continued in that game. I hope he's ready to go this week. But your job as an edge rusher is to go out and kind of knock the quarterback out. Like, I, again, I'm, I'm not, I don't think I'm saying anything controversial there. Like that's what they get paid to do. So uh, yeah, Rashawn Gary, big time impact player in this game, three sacks and thought he had a really nice day overall. I thought he had a rough week in week two, bounced back in a major way in week three. And we all need to remember myself included preaching to myself here that he is still coming back from the ACL. And even when he looks really good, you can you know tell he's, he's still working his way back. Got the game ball this week, emotional after the game. I just love Rashawn Gary, watching him play. Really, really fun player. Expect that big-time contract to come some point in the near future. Razul Douglas, also loving the way he's playing football. He's playing intimidating, physical, you know, at the point of attack, tough, contested, you know, uh, you know, coverage. Like, he's just really, really fun. And that has been carrying over since training camp 2019, sorry, 2020. 2021, 2021, we saw the impact plays that he had. And he was more of like a, what I would call like a game breaker corner, but he had a lot of risk reward. There were times that he was leaving guys open and just kind of gambling a little bit. Last year, up and down from Rizul, not quite the same player that he was in 2021 or yeah, in 2021. And then in 2023 so far, I'm much more impressed with just his peer coverage ability. He's not gambling as much and we may not see as many of the big plays, but he is making everything difficult on opposing wide receivers. He's playing a great brand of football. Unfortunately, he had the touchdown allowed against uh, Jimmy Graham. He had really nice coverage on the play. It was like this freaking close to knocking that thing away. Sometimes I guess you tip your hat. I think Razul is just a little bit lucky that the ball just kind of like almost by accident avoided his hand, but Rizul's having a really nice start to the season. And Rudy Ford, plus 0.4 grade back-to-back. I thought nice weeks for Rudy Ford. He's just tackling really well. It's not anything sexy. It's not anything spectacular, but he's in the right spot at the right time, in the right lane, attacking aggressively and making big hits on the ball. 
And that's what you want from your safety. And I do feel like the safeties for all the consternation and partially from me as well of like, what's the safety room going to look like? It's probably the worst, you know, safety group in the league. And it might be the, the you know, worst positional group on the team. Rudy Ford, Darnell Savage, really nice start to the year. They're both playing winning football. And it's really fun to watch the aggressiveness with which both of those guys are playing with. Bottom three graded players, Justin Hollins, negative 0.55, just didn't do much on the edge. Struggled against the run, didn't do anything on the pass from a pass rush standpoint. Needs to be better from him. Carl Brooks, negative 0.45. They gave him a much bigger load this week. I really still like what Carl Brooks is doing. He had a couple really nice, impressive wins, quick wins where he got up and penetrated. One, he just couldn't get the sack. Another, I forget what happened on the play, but you see the flash from Carl Brooks. Now it's just consistency. He gets knocked around a little bit. He's going to just need to put on a little bit more functional strength to hold up at the point of attack in the running game, but he's going to be a good player. They've already elevated him over uh, Colby Wooden this week, which uh, Justice and I talked about as well, but I I think he's got a very bright future, but there's going to be some moments, especially in the running game where he still has uh, learning and like I said, needs to put on a little bit more functional strength, but a little bit of a hang with him this week for Carl Brooks. And then Keyshawn Nixon, negative 0.4 grade. Listen, Keyshawn Nixon had a big role on special teams, kick returner, punt returner, coverage units. He played a snap on offense, had a really nice reverse, and for the most part, played pretty solid in this game. I know PFF liked him a little bit more than I did. I thought there were a couple plays in coverage that he didn't get targeted, but had he have gotten targeted, he had allowed separation for his wide receiver. I still like the way that Keyshawn is playing. I don't think there's anything to be concerned about here, but just a couple plays in coverage that I think need to be shored up a little bit. I still am of the mind if everyone's healthy. I would like to see on base downs, Jair and Razul on the outside with Keyshawn in the slot and on clear and obvious passing downs, Jair in the slot with Carrington Valentine and Razul on the outside. Eric Stokes could get his name in the conversation if and when well, when he comes back as well. So all things to consider, but right now I still like what Keyshawn Nixon's doing. Just a little bit of a tougher week this week. Some other honorable mentions, Darnell Savage with a plus 0.3 grade. He has played really sound winning football through three weeks, which is so exciting to see. Wrote about him in my Grading the Pack article this week. Again, you can check that out over at Packer Report. Corey Ballantyne, negative 0.1 grade, which is awesome. And you might say negative grade is awesome. He played neutral level football. Negative 0.1 is a neutral grade for all intents and purposes. For a guy that got called up on the uh, from the practice squad, had to go out and play a huge portion of this game against Michael Thomas and Chris Olave, he held up well. He might have to start this week. We'll see what happens against Detroit with the injuries, but a really nice performance from Corey Ballantyne and uh, you know one that hopefully he can build off of. He was expecting to be called up just as a special teams guy, and he's thrown into the mix against two really good wide receivers. Held up well, gave up a couple completions towards the end, but I thought it was a nice performance from him. Kenny Clark, plus 0.15. Awesome start to the game. Like he was at like a point, like plus 0.75 in like the first, I don't know, couple drives of that game, then had the big penalty and then just didn't have the same uh, level of intensity after that point. So nice game overall, but uh, slowed up a little bit uh, after his gangbusters start. He did have one play though, actually two plays where it's in the run game and he's getting double teamed and the strength of this dude, is just crazy. He's just got a hand on each of them and just holding them there. They're, they're, they're two 300-pound NFL caliber offensive linemen who are trying to do anything they can to move Kenny Clark in any direction so he's not taking up that gap. And he's just holding them both off at bay with one hand each in the middle of their chests, and they are not moving. And he's just holding up play at the line of scrimmage. Like The utter strength of that dude is incredible, and it is so fun to watch him play. All right, just a 
quick uh, bonus one here for you. My top five graded players on offense and defense through three weeks so far. So this is through all three weeks of the season. My top five on offense, Jordan Love plus 2.65, Zach Tom plus 2.05, Romeo Dobbs plus 1.80, Dontavian Wicks plus 1.30, and David Bakhtiari, despite only playing one game, plus 1.10. So if you want to know why they keep, you know, Bakhtiari and, and you know, even though, though they know the injury stuff and whatever, like when the dude is out there playing, he plays at a very, very high level. So I know it's frustrating, but he's the fifth highest graded player on offense and he's played one game. So my five highest graded defensive players so far, Kenny Clark plus 1.9, Quay Walker plus 1.9, Razul Douglas plus 1.4, Devontae Wyatt plus 1.1, and Rashawn Gary plus 0.9. So those are my highest graded players on offense and defense through three weeks so far. Jordan Love's standpoint, just in case you want to compare it, Aaron Rodgers through three games last year had a negative 1.20 grade, Love at plus 2.65. Uh, Aaron Rodgers on the season last year had a plus 0.2 grade, Love plus 2.65 so far this year. Now, 2020 Jordan Love, or sorry, 2020 Aaron Rodgers, MVP Aaron Rodgers was plus 11.45 through three games. So again, Love at plus 2.65 and uh, Rodgers was plus 35.8 on the season. So I'm not saying he's peak Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying he's playing at an MVP level or anything like that. Nothing close to it. But last year's Aaron Rodgers, who if you go back and watch, struggled through a big part of that season. Right now, Jordan Love playing better through three weeks by a pretty significant margin than what Aaron did through three weeks a season ago in 2022. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. Be right back here tomorrow with an all new episode with Paul Brettel. You're not going to want to miss it. So make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. 